welcome to the very first episode of the Believe in USC football podcast. I'm going to be your host, Kristen Lago, joined by, I think, a player who needs no introduction if you're a USC football fan, but I'm going to give you one anyway because I wrote down some stuff for you. The OG, number 21, the one of the best one-two punches in USC football history, the thunder to the lightning, Lendell White. I'm so excited yes. to have you here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. It's, I'm, I'm excited way and beyond excited to be here. Um, I think it's been long overdue. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about our new start with this USC football program and, and where we're headed. So I'm excited. I think it's big things on the horizon for us. And I have to tell you, when they told me that you were going to be my co-host, I was fangirling a little bit because you were one of the first players I remember watching at USC. So there you have oh, that. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's dope. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. It's, so, it's crazy because I was on Twitter this morning. Um, I woke up on Twitter this morning and I woke up to a few tweets where people were just like, in case you guys forgot, you know, Lindell was a beast and stuff. And oh, it, yeah. It kind of made me smile and excited this morning. So I truly appreciate you guys. Um, oh, yeah. You know, being being like an old guy and still having fans makes you happy. So thank you. Okay, you're not that old. I still remember my favorite, I, the running into the end zone. I will never forget the way you used to run in the end zone with your legs kind of up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to high step in there. You know, with Coach with coach back in the day, you couldn't really do nothing that, that'll get you in trouble. So you had to play within the, the line. So I would try to, like, high step in the end zone, get my little flashiness going, you know, and then give the ball to the ref. But, you know, it, it worked out for us. But, yeah, Pete wasn't, he wasn't going to let us get off too much back then. So safe to say uh, a lot has changed from the time you were playing at USC to now. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, these kids that, that's at USC now, it's amazing for them. I, I honestly wish I could be at the program right now because just so many different things. I mean, when I was playing, you couldn't even wear colored gloves, you know, and now they got colored gloves and stuff. But they let them uh, wear uh, uh, tape on their ankles and or on their shoes and stuff. Now you can wear different color socks. So, yeah, man, being a Trojan now is way different. But um, I also, I also, I kind of feel that, you know, a lot of the individuality that they had in the past kind of is what um, I think limited us um, in the capacity. Um, so hopefully I feel like Lincoln Riley can bring like, you know, the togetherness back. Um, because even though, you know, back when we were playing, me, Reggie, Matt, you know, um, Dwayne, Jared, you know, whoever these guys was, Fred Davis, uh, Dominique Bird, regardless of, you know, what we wanted to do um, and be individually stars, regardless, we, we still found a way to, you know, be within the team and do whatever the team needed to be and be great for the team. So hopefully they can get that um, that image back um, with USC and can, you know, get back to fighting on. And you mentioned it there. We're trying to get back to fighting on. There are a lot of reasons to believe in USC football right now. I think we saw some news. What was it yesterday that yes, sir. <laughs> gave us even more reason to believe with the transfer of Jordan Addison, uh, the top college, uh, the top player in college football right now, five-star recruit, Blitnikoff award winner. Um, yes. And first of all, let's just talk about the transfer portal and to USC. Cause I know I'm sure that has changed from when you were there and recruiting was a thing to now where, I mean, half our roster are transfers. So I'm just curious your take on that, first of all. Well, well, my take on the transfer portal, honestly, when I was playing football, we had to suck it up. Um, (laughs) I I played with Reggie Bush. You know, he was Heisman Trophy winner. I had Matt Leonard in the backfield. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. It was like we didn't 
run from success. It was if he was that guy and he was good, you know, I wanted to be right behind him and learn from him. Or, you know, I'm going to push Reggie to to be the best he can be because yeah. I see how great he is. Now it seems like as soon as there's a little friction or a few, you got to work for your job a little bit. These kids are so quick to hop in this transfer portal. And for some of these kids, for me, it's like they're running from competition, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and and some of these coaches are seeing it. I've seen um, a few of these players like go play on a team, enter the transfer portal, play on another team, re-enter the transfer portal. And it's like you've, you've been in college football for four years and you've entered the transfer portal three. Yeah. It's like this is not NFL free agency. So some of these coaches – um, unless you're like one of those guys, like, you know, they'll have you on a team because you've been around and so you know, like the college aspect It's easier to, than to go get a younger guy. But, you know, when you transfer like that, some of these coaches are looking at you like you're not that guy. You know, we're going to put you on a team, but we know you're going to run from competition eventually. So, I mean, but but then also you have these big time players that are at some of these universities where, you know, where now where you get NIL deals and, and it's crazy that people are, you know, mad about some of this stuff. You can't really get mad. They created this, right? So now if you're telling me I'm a Belitnikoff winner at a smaller school, but I can transfer to Alabama, Texas, or even USC and make more money, I'm sorry. I'm going to do it as well. <laughs> I've proved that I can play at that, at this level and at a high um, rate. I want a Belitnikoff, you know, this school is probably not that big. You guys are probably not really offering me much. And at this time I can make a lot more money somewhere else. So I'm going, I have, I agree with him completely. I think that's my take on it too. And obviously I never played, so I don't have that reaction, but I think there's so many people that are angry about it, but at the end of the day, like that's what it is now. So you can't really be angry or be happy about that. That's the state of college football. So regardless of that but I think it's funny because everybody of course I think this was the same case when you were playing hates on USC I think if Jordan yeah. Addison had not transferred to USC we wouldn't be seeing this sort of uproar if he had gone to Texas I don't think he would be seeing this right so, it's like so crazy because Kristen again I woke up this morning and I'm looking on Twitter and I see a message the first thing they say is F you Reggie Bush um Linda White Matt Liner you guys are cheating and it's like bro I ain't played college football since 2006 yeah, right I like I can't make a kid go to USC like you you, you can't be mad like they even got mad at Lincoln because they said Lincoln was like you know you shouldn't take kids from the transfer and I understand what he's saying but listen I'm going to a new university and I'm trying to win now yep. and these kids want to come it's not hard some of these guys got to open up their eyes. Like these kids are playing in like Norman, Oklahoma, or even Pittsburgh or uh, even Austin. I'm not knocking nothing, but if you take a flight out West and you get to Los Angeles, California, and you <laughs> see what's really going on, there's no way in hell that if you're a real life player that wants to ball out, that you leave Hollywood, there's no way that you don't go to Hollywood. You know what I mean? You've been there. You know what, what we have to offer in California. It's the, media you know one of the media capitals of the world you get unlimited you know um newspaper clippings or you know articles so if you're being honest to yourself and if you're a beast and a baller i don't see how you don't go to usc <laughs> honestly and you look at all the players that we've gotten so far so it's what mario williams caleb williams latrell mccutcheon mccutcheon uh terrell bynum there's so many uh troy die now jordan addison oh the list yes. is so long, it's hard to keep track of. But looking at the players that Lincoln has brought in via the transfer portal, what excites you the most about this group of players? Well, what excites me now is that we have a chance to win now. 
it's amazing that, uh, you know, everybody's like looking at it, like, oh, we got a few years to build up and do this. But it's like, if you look at the caliber player that Caleb Williams is and what he was able to do as a freshman last year in Oklahoma, then you know he is probably going to take the next step. And he still has the same coaching staff that he had last year. Yeah. Um, so I know I'm anxious, I'm anxious myself as a football player or ex-football player to see what Caleb's going to bring. But just him alone changes the dynamic in the locker room. We go from a, you know, Jackson Dart was unbelievable. I have nothing but love for Keaton Slovis, even JT Daniels. These are like guys that I still communicate with and I have, um, you know, sent them their well wishes. But none of those guys are athletic like Caleb Williams, if we're being honest, right? Um, then you look at a guy like Mario. We've seen what he did over at Oklahoma last year. He was, he was unbelievable. But now we're just giving these guys a different platform out on a different school where they're angry. I mean, not angry. Well, they might be angry, but they're hungry. <laughs> They're hungry right now to show the world what they have. And I know for a fact that once you get to USC and you start looking around and you get to talking and you realize the tradition that they have there, these kids are like, they know that they got something to hold up on their shoulders. And it's like, why not win now? We have the talent. We're in the Pac-12. You know, um, we're, we're big. We're, we're a power five school. And I know that if we handle business in our conference, we can be one of those teams in the top four this year. With the talent that we have that you were just talking about, what do you think is a valid expectation for this team? Like a, a believable expectation for this team? I'm going to be honest. I see, I don't see why we won't be packed 10 champions this year. And I can see us playing in the Rose Bowl, but I honestly can see if things go the way I think they can go this year, because I've seen it when, when, when you lock in and people start to believe and you really believe that you can win, anything's possible. So I honestly, I mean, a realistic expectation, I would say, you know, a Rose Bowl championship or playing a Rose Bowl, right? But okay. for me, I honestly feel like we're going to be somewhere around that top four. I just believe it. Because, I, again, once it goes in the game and y'all start clicking and Lincoln's calling the plays and these guys get the plan, I, I believe, I, I really believe that we can be top four, you know, and playing for one of these games this year in the big way. Do you think it's going to take getting to that level to bring back the fan base that we used to see at games when you were playing? Or do you think, I think LA Not fans are sometimes fickle, right? They, they want to see people win. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I think LA, well, SC has their, it's the nucleus. Our nucleus is what it is. Right. Yeah. I honestly, right now, when you don't win the way we're accustomed to winning and you know, you have the coaches and people like people didn't agree with Helton for years. So when you have, you know, some a coach in the house that people don't agree with, you know, I love Clay. I have nothing against him. I, I believe he was a great man. He did good for what he was given, you know, because it's still hard to win with, with what he was given. So um, I think our fan base just started to realize, or they just, you know, they're, they're sick of losing, especially when you're supposed to win certain games. Like, yeah. But now hiring a guy like Lincoln, he's a young guy, um, his track sheet is unbelievable. You know, you got two first-round draft picks. You got two um, Heisman Trophy winners, which I don't think people understand how hard that is to do and to have back-to-back -back seasons, right? So, um, you know, I think the excitement is there. I, I have a, a, a group chat. It's at least like 25 of us old Trojan players, you know, and every day it's like, you know, when we when we see like the Trojan fingers go up from Lincoln and Riley, everybody gets excited. Like when he usually does this, we know there's a big commitment coming and stuff. So, yeah, it's I know that our we, we're 
we believe in this time now. I don't see why we can't do it. Why not us? You know, like there's other schools that come out every year and have, you know, some type of fantasy season. I don't see why we can't have it. We've been hiding out now for about 10, 12 years. So I don't see why we can't have that year. And if we can't win now with all of the talent that we now have on our roster, I, I don't know what's wrong with USC at that point, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm with you when you're right. Like when you get a guy like Caleb and then you got a Blitnikoff winner along with some of the talent we still have on that team because we got kids that was on that team last year that, you know, I've seen making different strides. Dante, um, you know, our, our ex-coach, which is an unbelievable guy, he he's continued to make sure that those guys were in the right position and in the right headspace. So I think the guys that stayed with USC, they're still hungry as ever and they understand that, you know, we have – we have stuff to live up to. So it's time to turn it around ASAP. And one more just on that, because you talked about the guys that are still there. And this is something I was wondering, and I, I think you could probably shed better light on it. When you continue to get in the transfers at your, like say you're a guy that stuck around a wide receiver per se, and we're getting yeah. in, they're getting in Jordan Addison or Mario Williams. Do you think we're going to just see other people transfer out? Or do you think the guys that we have, on the roster are going to stick around and try to fight it out for that roster spot? Um, from what I'm understanding and what I've seen, I think those kids understand what, what Lincoln wants now and what, what we, he wrote out, you know, his, his rules, his ex expectations. And the kids that I think stayed there understand that there's going to be a different work around there. It's going to be a different environment. And I think if they buy in along with what these other kids are coming in by, then it, it, that instantly turns your team into a winning attitude because you, again, you don't have these kids running from competition. I don't need to get in the damn transfer portal because this kid came in. He was a five-star at another school. No, it's like coach said, if I do this and I, and I practice and work this way, that we all have an opportunity. And I believe that. So once you have that belief in everybody, that's when things change ASAP. And that's what I'm anxious to see because when, when, when a kid believes in the coach and he loves them, you can get them kids to do anything for them. Is that how it was when you were playing college football? For sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, people people ask me about my relationship with Pete now because it's whatever. But um, when I was playing football, Pete could have told me to run through a, a brick wall without a helmet, and I would have did it. Because at the time, whatever he told us back then, it, it worked. And when we didn't do it, he said, we seen not the results we wanted. And when we worked the way he told us, we seen exactly the results we wanted. So... Um, yeah, my, we all believe in Pete, you know, um, we, you know, we all have our nicknames for him and stuff, but yeah, we wouldn't change the time with, with, uh, PC because he, um, he knew how to get the best out and the most out of everybody. And we believed it. That's why I feel like we had the run we did because no matter, um, somebody fumbled, if we were down 17 at halftime, regardless, we come in, we'll have a speech, you know, do your job and everything's going to be all right. And we believed it. And like clockwork, we come out, things get to rolling and, and it changes over. So yeah, the, the belief in coaches changes a lot. Last one here talking about this, but do you see any parallels between Pete Carroll and Lincoln Riley and maybe the way they run their programs or just like the talent level? I mean, you guys didn't have transfers yeah. at the time to the level, but you had so many talented players on one roster and yet yeah. everyone sort of, everyone ate, every, everyone, everyone contributed. That's, and so yeah. I'm just curious if you see that sort of idea coming out now. I definitely can see that. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, again, we, we, we were probably looking for that Pete um, 
the Pete lookalike in yeah. a sense for so long for our program. That's probably why we hired um, Ed. Um, we we got a Sark and we had Lane Kiffin because yeah. of the tree. Everybody we trying, from yeah, the tree, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We were trying to find we were trying to find that thing, but now when you look at Lincoln, his his success. He, I mean, he had he built a ton of success on his own right at a different school. So now coming over here, kids are able to see that, and he's a younger dude. So it's not like sometimes when you when you have these older coaches and you know they're in the house and they're not Nick Saban, something it's not believable. You know what I mean? You have an old guy coming to you telling you some stuff, you're not believing him. But when you got a guy like again Lincoln Riley coming in and like, hey, the goal is probably to get to the NFL, right? And they're like, yeah. So he's like, well, I have two first round draft picks. You know, two overall number ones <laughs> have Heisman Trophy winners. So, like, what do you want to do? When kids start hearing that, they're like, oh, yeah, like, why wouldn't I go play for him? Why don't I want to win now? And, yes, of course I want to go to the NFL. So I'm going to listen to Lincoln. And I'm happy we have a younger guy that understands football. He's going to be able to get you know, recruit out in L.A. Um, we, we've seen it now. I mean, we, we, we've been able to take the top, what, the quarterback from the next year's class is already that's what I'm saying if you if you're not if you're a children fan if you don't believe already then you, we something's not right because we haven't had this much excitement ever we ain't signed we didn't sign Bryce he left us we didn't have Thibodeau he ended up not signing with us like DJ Ugalele there's so many players that I look up and I'm like yep. They were How did we miss out? Yeah. They, but no, that we missed out. They were committed to us. And then out of a sudden, they leave us. So hopefully now with Dante and Lincoln, I feel like we have a, we have a hit squad and they won't miss at all. And we're definitely going to get to all that good stuff. I definitely want to get Malachi, uh, the quarterback you were just talking about on the podcast. His mom actually uh, is my hairdresser. So kind of oh, a really? hilarious oh, so little tied note. So we're no, going to definitely get her, them on the podcast for sure. You're, you're the plug in. For the high schoolers, I got you. I got you. For everyone <laughs> else, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, you got them. I got everybody else. No yeah. problem. Yes. But before we go from this intro episode, I feel like we can't have a college football podcast, not talk about the feud uh, that's taken oh, the yeah. college football world by storm uh, Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban um, for a little bit of background here. So Nick Saban, the recruiting rankings for 2022, Texas A&M had the top overall class, Alabama, the number two class, and Nick Saban came out and said basically that they had, uh, that Texas A&M was able to assemble the top ranked recruiting class because they bought every player with NIL deals. And then Jimbo Fisher came out and I actually have some audio. I think I can play it just so we can get a little refresher about what Jimbo Fisher had to say. Let's see. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. Woo! Okay, Jimbo, coming out with the heat over here. Okay, I'm sorry. I got to ask you your first reaction to that. Like, when you saw first what Nick Saban said and then Jimbo said, what what was your thought process? Well, well, first, honestly, when, when I first have seen what Nick Saban said, I'm like, man, what the hell are you doing? That's some <laughs> hater shit, right? Yeah. Like, who says that? Like, 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 like Jimbo said, like, 
for, to me, it's kind of narcissistic. Like, you know what you have in your program. You, we've seen what you've done. And honestly, like, me being around college football in my lifetime, I know, like, you, all the recruits don't just usually go to school because you're doing things right, right? So Alabama's probably in the boat of everybody else. they probably done some stuff, shady shit in the past. I'm not accusing them. I don't know 100%, mm-hmm. but I'm not, a, I'm not a fool. I play college football. <laughs> so... <laughs> Alabama's probably did some crazy shit in the past, but the fact that Jimbo Fisher had, he got his recruits, and then the fact that he took a shot at a, you know, even Deion Sanders, you're talking about like the million dollar stuff that, oh, sorry, that was my, I have to take medication. <laughs> um, the fact that he even took shots at Deion Sanders and, and, and the black, black colleges, to me, it's like, listen, everybody wanted these NIL deals. Mm-hmm. We've been screaming to let these college kids get played for so long, right? Now that they're getting paid, I, I can't, we can't control if the Texas um, alumni group has better NIL deals, um, they're paying more. You can't be mad at that. We know that now this is the age of college football. And if kids are searching for that and they're looking for that and these college universities are able to give it to them, you can't be mad or deny that. The fact that you win the way you win and you've been winning it's, it sounds like you're a hater because you're mad that people are getting talent and you weren't able to, you know, recruit the talent. These are guys that even you were your coach on your coaching staff at one time. And now they're starting to, they're saying things about you that we all kind of been whispering about ourselves. So like, to me, he's like, he's opening up a can of worms that he probably doesn't want to open up. If I was him, I would probably just shut up, you know, try to win my little championships um, continue to dominate football like he's has, um, and if things change, it changes. Like SC dominated for years, Ohio State dominated. You know, Clemson had a run. Family, you've been around Miami. Like you know, things change. It's okay. You you're probably not gonna you're not gonna be on top forever, Nick Saban. I mean, especially when you it's tough to lose. Right? Come on, you're gonna have to start fighting against people that live out in Southern Cali again. So it's like man, you can't be mad at everything. Man, I'm disappointed in Nick Saban, honestly. I can't believe that he would say something like that. Knowing what it takes in college football to win, knowing what it takes to get, even if those kids were offered money, they still got to commit to go there. That that doesn't mean they're going to the NFL. Um, I don't know how much they're paying those kids, but that doesn't mean their life is set. So if you, even if your parents are telling you to go there because of the money, like, are y'all really looking at like a million dollars to set you forever or are you like what are we looking at I think Jimbo Fisher's way smarter than that so I can't just say he's breaking the rules and he's like hey you come here we're gonna make sure we pay you I I just don't know especially when you look at Alabama and it's like every time some kids that transfer portal that's a five-star recruit they end up in Bama but nobody's saying anything about that you know what I mean so yeah he needs to just shut up and yeah suck it up man you ain't always gonna be on top sometimes shit happens And he brings up the parody of college football. I mean, is there ever really going to be parody in college football? Like, especially with this era of NIL, right? Like there's going to be some competitive advantages everywhere. However, I think you're seeing a lot of these smaller schools that you might not think about putting together really great NIL packages and starting to get really great athletes. Like I was at St. John Bosco yesterday. They have a great contention of players going to Louisville. That might not be the first place I think kids are going to go from Southern California, but Hey, I mean, I don't know. Right. Nah, see that's, and that's what it's about. I feel like, yeah, the the fact that people are able to pay these kids now, yeah, you can, 
Travis Hunter is going to Jackson State. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who in the world would have thought the number one recruit? Like my, that's the greatest thing in football, and it's even better for, um, you know, the HBCUs to Mm -hmm. get players like that because now that he's probably if he does it right and everything God willing, he'll probably end up going to the league. So they're going to show people that yeah, you can go to HBCUs and still prosper and go to the NFL. So I'm excited about it. I think that this is a great time for college football. We've been asking for this for a long time. We've been begging to pay these players and get these players played. So now that it's happening, if Nick, Nick's a smart man, he should have jumped ahead of this years ago and try to come out with plans and the way they should have came out with something. But he knew once this was going, everybody knew this. We all knew it. Like it's wild, wild west. Once you, you can offer a kid money, like what do you, how do we separate NIL deals from booster clubs or car companies owned by some, like you really can't, but that's what we want it now. So we have to accept it and suck it up. So just, I think USC benefits the most. So I ain't mad at it at all. And we're setting the record straight. You're, you're team Fisher on this one. Team Jimbo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Jimbo. I'm Jimbo. I mean, I don't, if Jimbo gets to hating and talking crazy back, I, I don't, I don't really condone and hate by yeah. no means. Um, but like, listen, you can't take shots and expect nothing to come back. Like, that's what I'm saying. You can't throw stone with it in the glass house. We know that. So I'm, I'm taking Jim's side. Cause if you, if they were smart about this, he, Nick would have never said anything. He would just let it go again. You, they have you, um, what did they got him? I think favored to beat Texas A&M by like 30 again. Yeah. So like, what is the, like, what is you saying that? It just sounds crazy. That's let it go, man. And a fun one before I let you leave, since we're talking about NIL, uh, if you were to be playing college football right now in the era of NIL, what's the first thing you would have bought with your NIL money in college well, as 18-year-old you? 18-year-old me. I, <laughs> so if I could have got in college with NIL, I would have tried to make sure like my NIL deal would have been like a Ferrari or, you know, nice Benz. Like I would have been yeah. trying to get one of those deals. I ain't going to lie. I and then I would have tried to find a jewelry company, somebody yeah. that would have let me get some jewelry. That would have been me. I would have been icy with a nice, nice car, and listen like Dion say, if you feel good, you play good. So I would have been out there ready to roll. So dripped out would have been the, the oh, yeah. top of mine. Swag. If I ain't got swag with some ice, I don't feel comfortable. No. So that's what these kids is crazy. When I was playing, we couldn't afford no Gucci or nothing. We could probably get one pair of Jordan a month with our stipend. These kids, they're gonna be fitted forever, man. I applaud it. I wish I can go back to school right now. It'd be a time of my life. I got to get you down to see some of these Southern California high schoolers because they're already benefiting and their, their cars are pretty nice. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I seen a, I follow a kid named Mikey, one of the little basketball stars. And I've been seeing, I've been following since he's a freshman and I've been seeing his come up. He it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. These kids are, the, they're the shit. Oh and yeah. I'm going to take you up on your offer. I'm, I'm down to come out to SoCal whenever I'll do better, you know, any high school games or whatever. I'm down. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta come see SoCal ball right now. It's pretty Pretty great. And hopefully mm-hmm. some of them will stay here at USC so we can see some of the Trojans of the future. No, hopefully. We, we're changing it. It's happening. That's what I'm telling you. If you're a fan out there and you believe in USC football, like this is the time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change. And it's now. Right now is the time. And we're going to be following it every step of the way. We'll be here hopefully every single week talking about USA. I mean, they're never short of news. So I think there's always yeah. something to talk about. <laughs> we'll definitely be here all season long, breaking down the games, previewing them for you. So before we go, this is so new for me. I'm asking for people to like 
subscribe and stuff, but we're going to be on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you can get your podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, give us a rating, maybe share some of your favorite old USC memories of late in the comments. I mean, I'm sure you would love to hear those. <laughs> Definitely love it. I love anything USC. Tell me about it. I'm a diehard. That's probably, I can't control it. I fight people about USC. I see somebody in the store wearing US or some UCLA stuff. I, 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 I automatically talk about them. Um, I seen somebody in the store the other day with some some um, Bama stuff on, and I'm like, roll tight. She's like, fight on. I'm like, yeah, only fight on, no roll tight. You know? But yeah, man, um, this is going to be exciting time, man. It's, I'm looking forward to, you know, um, giving a play-by-play as a source this year what USC football does. But I'm, I know it's going to be some big things, and we're going to surprise a lot of people. I just can't wait to show them. All right. I think we're going to leave it at that. We will be back at you hopefully very soon. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Uh, for Lendale and myself, I'm going to say fight on to finish this one out. There we go. <laughs>